Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Dive, the podcast that asks who said business news needs to be all business. I'm your host, Sasha Kelly. Cost of living, inflation and interest rates, they've been the big economic stories of the past 18 months. People and businesses are doing it tough. You don't need me to tell you that. So when Australia's big four banks reported their latest results, there was a fair bit of anger. Commonwealth Bank's profit rose 5% to $10.2 billion. NAV's profit rose 9% to $7.7 billion. ANZ rose 14% to $7.4 billion. And Westfax rose 26% to $7.2 billion. Today, we want to look into these numbers and understand how bank profits are rising. It's Monday, the 20th of November, and today I want to know, how are Australia's big banks making record profits in a cost of living crisis? To talk about this today, I have the pleasure of being joined by my colleague and the co-founder here at Equitymates. It's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive. Sasha, good to be here. I'm sure this will be a controversial episode. Yeah, absolutely, Alec. Rising interest rates are delivering big bucks for the big four banks. Banks are making record profits off the back of people's pain. So I ran through some headlines just then, but can you give me a bit more information about the bank's results? Yeah, so collectively they made about $32 billion in profit over the past 12 months. The reason that it's in the headlines, well, bank profits are always in the headlines, but the reason that it's captured people's attention is that's up 8.2% across the four banks over the past year. So as you said, CBA up 5%, NAB up 9%, ANZ 14%, Westpac 26%. Everyone is feeling the pinch in different ways. A lot of businesses are feeling the cost of living crisis. Not the banks though. Mm. I want to know how they're making so much money because I know interest rates are going up, but that's the cash rate that the RBA is telling us. I would assume that that would have affected the banks just the same way it affects us. How are they still raking in these profits? Yeah. So banking as a business is pretty simple. They take in money in deposits and then they lend that money out in loans. And The way that banks make money is the difference between the interest rate on what they pay and then what they get paid. It's it's Mm. called the net interest margin. And you're right, interest rates have gone up this year and it means that they're charging more for their loans like mortgages and they're paying more on their deposits like savings accounts. But the difference, the gap between those two numbers has increased. According to analysis from EY, across Australia's four big banks, the net interest margin is now 1.85%, which is up 11 basis points from the year before. So really, they're, you know, when you see that they pass on the full interest rate increase to mortgages straight away, and they maybe slowly pass on part of that increase to savers, that's their net interest margin increasing. And it improves their profitability. Mm, So I guess like a bit of a loaded question then, like how are they able to make so much money once we understand that concept? 
Yeah, so this is, I guess, a gripe that a lot of people have with Australia's corporate landscape more generally. We Mm. live in the land of the oligopoly, you know, where there's a few big, powerful companies on the top of every industry. And you would think for major banks, there would be enough competition there that they can't increase their net interest margin because their competitors are you know, taking their business away, offering more to savers or offering better mortgage rates to borrowers. But it's not really been the case. Tim Harcourt, the chief economist at the University of Technology, Sydney, has said that, quote, the banks sort of behave as a small pack. I think if you had more competition, they probably couldn't pass on the interest rates so easily. Now, he's saying they behave as a small pack, uh, not us, but, you know, that's sort of the behaviour that I guess we're seeing in the market. What about other countries? Do they crack down on banks making high profits or do they just have more competition? Yeah, so the rising rate environment has been good for banks all over the world. Like there's no getting around that. It's not just Australia where net interest margins are improving and profitability is increasing. We've seen a number of European countries, I guess, react to these rising profits in this current economic climate. In August, the Italian government proposed a one-off 40% tax on bank profits from higher interest rates. Italy's Prime Minister said she took full responsibility for the shock decision to impose a one-off bank tax. The announcement has been blamed for hurting the government's credibility with financial markets. But Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney was defiant and said she would do it again. Countries like Spain and Hungary have already imposed some windfall taxes on the sector. There's talk that others may follow suit. So, you know, I I don't think that's going to happen in Australia, but lawmakers are responding to this in other countries. Yeah, that's super interesting because obviously we had the conversation about windfall tax for miners. But, you know, banks kind of slipped through the crosshairs there. And this is all happening at the same time that mortgage holders, they're being squeezed. Yeah, housing is the biggest cost for all Australians and it's it's becoming a struggle. So to put the interest rate rises in context, we, we pulled out a mortgage calculator. Let's say you had $750,000 borrowed as a mortgage. At 2% interest, which is what you would have been getting about 18 months ago from a bank, for 30 years, you'd be paying about $2,800 a month. At 7% interest, which is what is close to what you're getting now, for 30 years, you'd be paying $5,000 a month. Okay. So many mortgage holders have seen their monthly repayments close to double in less than two years. And that's a key driver of this cost of living crisis. And then renters, according to CoreLogic's latest data, they've seen the average rent rise 14% in the past year. So if you're a mortgage holder, if you're a renter, you're feeling this housing pinch. Basically, unless you own a home without a mortgage, this has been a tough 12 to 18 months. Yeah, absolutely, Alec. But also the banks reporting their bumper profits feels like gaslighting. They said that the Australian consumer, they're going okay. <laughs> I don't know how this went down. I don't know if we can say the data is gaslighting. Like the, <laughs> the data seems to be better than we would expect. So maybe it's the media that's gaslighting us and the data is actually better than we think. Maybe we're part of the problem here, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the bank's data show that whilst people are feeling the stress, it hasn't led to like the catastrophic situation 
at a scale that's really showing up in the numbers yet. So to go through some of the bank's numbers and what they're telling us about their customers, according to CBA, the proportion of customers whose mortgages were in arrears by more than 90 days increased slightly, but the share remained relatively low at 0.47% of their mortgage book. They saw a slight uptick in late payments for credit cards up 20 basis points uh, and then the home loan arrears was up three basis points. So not big increases in the amount of people falling behind on their loans. According to ANZ's CEO, Shane Elliott, of the bank's 1 million mortgage holders, only 2,000 were currently in hardship. Now, okay. I don't know how he defines hardship, but that's, you know what, zero, that's 0.2% of their mortgage book. ANZ's 90-day mortgage delinquencies increased four basis points to 64 basis points, so 0.64%. But the bank said that their ratio of people behind on their mortgages was well below pre-COVID levels of above 1%. So again, you know, a slight uptick, but their data is saying not too bad. Similar story from NAB. NAB's CEO, Ross McEwen, came out and said the bank's mortgage book was, quote, in good shape. Uh, And he actually said that NAB customers increased amounts in their offsets and redraw facilities during the year, which isn't really surprising because if you had money invested or you had money stashed away and your mortgage rate increases so much, you're going to put it in your offset account. But yeah, it's, it's somewhat surprising because this data doesn't seem to align with what we're seeing in the media. But I think the way that we square this is that more and more Australians are feeling housing stress and having to put more and more of their disposable income and their take-home pay into paying their mortgage or paying their rent. And so it's not showing up in the bank numbers yet because housing is the last thing people are going to get rid of. Mm. You know, they're going to stop going out and, you know, stop going to the gym or like they're going to cut all those other expenses to keep up with their mortgage. So from the bank's perspective, people are keeping up with their mortgage, but that data doesn't really reflect what people are giving up to keep up with their mortgage. Yeah, there's more to the picture than just that data. But despite the bumper profits, the banks have all warned about a mortgage war brewing. So Alec, let's talk about that and maybe some possible relief, but after the break. 
in you know some would call that competition in business but in australia when the banks actually start competing with each other we call that a mortgage war and there's always someone who's leading the pack the other banks are calling out anz in particular for starting the war they what shot the first arrow or whatever it might be yeah yeah well in anz's latest results they posted the fastest growth in the mortgage book of the four major banks and there was a pretty competitive period where a lot of them were offering you know cash back or cheaper home loans anz's net interest margin so again that's the difference between what they give to depositors like savers and then what they lend out that money to borrowers like mortgage holders, ANZ's net interest margin dropped from 1.75% in the first half of their reporting year to 1.65% in the second half. So down 10 basis points. Not a huge drop, but enough of a drop for people to claim they've started a war. (laughs) And I think the stat you had at the beginning was 1.85, right? So yeah, they're well below what the average is across the other banks. Yeah, that's right. And as these banking margins are reduced by this competition in home lending, Commonwealth Bank's CEO, Matt Common, has come out and said that some of his bank's peers experience what could be, quote, the biggest negative margin erosion in banking history. (laughs) Okay, big call. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if anyone's, you know, feeling too sorry for Matt Common and Commonwealth Bank. Uh, Common went on to say some banks are chasing volume and trying to win back some of the volume or market share that they've lost and clearly that's coming at a high cost. To be clear, he's saying it's coming at a high cost to the banks, not at a high cost to customers. So really the second half of the year has been labelled as one of the most competitive times in the past two decades for home loan pricing and the banks are... I guess, worried that that's going to affect these profit numbers going into next year. And for people who, you know, spend their lives watching this kind of data, there's some that are arguing that this is irrational pricing by ANZ. Yeah, we read a few bits of analysis that started talking about irrationality in the mortgage market. There's one quote we have here that the UBS analyst, John Story, said that ANZ's growth during a period of heightened competition Uh, reflected, quote, possibly irrational pricing. Mm. But Sasha, this is where I think finance starts to lose connection with reality. And I was trying to explain this in the office yesterday and I was getting absolute crickets. So I want you to (laughs) tell me if I'm making sense here. Okay, that's Um, what I'm here for after all. (laughs) So ANZ's net interest margin dropped from 1.75% to 1.65% because of their supposedly irrational mortgage pricing. Mm. But 1.65% is still higher than their net interest margin from the year before, which was 1.63%. And just comparing the half two from last year to half two of this year being the irrational pricing moment, ANZ's profit was still up 8% from half Mm. two to half two. So it's just like, how how are we calling their pricing strategy irrational when they still grow profit 8% and the net interest margin is still bigger than the year before. It's, you know, like it's still a profitable strategy. It's just the slightest hint of competition in this sector and we we shout irrational. That's what I was going to ask because I thought, yeah, if you're offering just a slightly lower rate, but by doing that are getting hundreds of thousands of new homeowners through your doors, then... Mm. 
that's just called good business, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you would say the pricing becomes irrational when you start onboarding customers that aren't profitable. Yeah, when you've got a loss leader or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But we're not there yet. No. But look, Sasha, maybe I'm biased in this. As someone who has recently taken on a mortgage with ANZ, I am all for their supposed irrational pricing. Well, we might leave it there for today, Alec. I think you you actually brought a fair bit of clarity to me with the banks and I'm angrier than I was at the beginning of this episode. So maybe that's backfired. <laughs> we'll be back in your feeds for more Dive on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.